Everybody had a good week? Yes. Lord blessed you this week? Yes. Jesus in chapter 1, John the Baptist had, had seen Jesus coming and he said, There's the Lamb of God. The song said he's more than wonderful. When you and I, that word wonderful cannot even touch what Christ is for our lives. If we don't know he's wonderful and we stood at the foot of the cross and we've looked up and we, he, we seen his suffering and dying, something's wrong. If we can't worship him and praise him when we walk with him each day of our life and we understand that there's nothing that we go through God is not a part of. He's always there. John chapter 1 uh, is, we're going to start in verse 35. And if you'll stand with us, please. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, in a minute we'll read one of those disciples is Andrew, and Andrew is a, bro a brother of Peter, okay? It says, verse 37, And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? And he said unto them, Come and see. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We praise you, Lord, for the opportunity that you've given us today. Help us simply to say those things that bring you honor and glory. We love you and we praise you. For we ask in your name and all of God's people said. Amen. John the Baptist was turning over the, uh, the ministry or the work that Jesus had come for. John had prepared the way. And so he looks at Andrew and it doesn't give the name of the other uh, uh, disciple. He says to him, to him, there's the Lamb of God. And they followed him. And they asked the word, where does thou dwellest? Now the word where there means more than just, uh, we want to find out if you're living in a trailer park or a big house on the hill, Lord. It means how. How do you live? One of the great experiences that we have as God's people is that we're saved. By grace, nothing else. God came through faith and He saved us and we, we accepted Him as our personal Savior. We didn't, Jesus didn't put no strings to it. He said, I want you to love me. I died for you because you're special to me. Now if you look in the mirror, we'll say sometimes, well, I ain't too special. But see, the mirror sees the face and God sees the heart. And Jesus knew that His Father wanted to spend eternity with you. Amen. And so they want to discover how Christ is living. How, how does, how, what, what does He think? What is it about Him? And Jesus didn't argue with them. He didn't give no explanation. No description. He just turned to them and He said, Come and see. And turned around and started walking. Now you may be in a service this morning and you're lost. The only, the only way that you're going to come and see, starting with, if you accept Him as your personal Savior. 
Now I'm going to get a little tough here in a little bit. I want everybody to understand that. But if you're lost today and you sit in this presence in this worship service this morning and you can turn your back and walk out of this house and say, God, I don't need you. You say, brother, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to not come to know Him today. You walk out that door. You've told Christ, I don't need you. And for us who are saved, oh, it's a wonderful occasion. And it's wonderful to experience and, and it's to, to know and experience the love of, of Christ. But I want to say something that I think is very important for God's people. We'll never discover how awesome Christ is until we ask the question that Andrew and the other disciple asked Jesus. And Jesus is going to turn to us and he's going to say, Brother Doug, you know what it says in the Bible. But I want you to experience me today. Do you know the reason we have so many weak Christians who are living off of, uh, of the world? And I'll throw this in for free this morning. We come to God's house. We bring the world in God's house. We think God ought to change us. We think God ought to get us excited. And we think that if we go out of this and we ain't heard a good sermon or a good special or a good song, then God's letting me down. Listen to me this morning, Christian. The reason you and I go out of God's house and never experience the things that God has for our lives is we got our mind on other things that shouldn't even be brought into God's house. We're turned the other way. Jesus is saying, come and see. I want you to discover how to live. I want you to discover how to think. I want you to discover who I am because you're going to come to places in your life that you're going to need me. Amen. And I'm there for you. But you got to come. He's not going to beg us. Amen. <laughs> He's not going to uh, say, Well, Brother Doug, if you come, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a month where no, the devil won't bother you and you'll have all these kind of... No, he ain't going to say that. He's going to say, you got to come. I want you to see. Because we never, ex we never see until we experience. Deer hunting. This week, I'm not going to talk about deer hunting now, guys. Okay? Deer hunting this week. We can tell people how exciting it is to deer hunt. And we can try to explain all of that. But when uh, Randy's little girl went and killed a deer last week, and she shot him and he hit the ground, she told Brother George, Boy, it, I smoked him. <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you something. You and I as God's people, we ought to tell the world, I found something so important to me, I want to discover it. I just smoked them. Yeah. Have you experienced God that way? Yeah. The question is, if you haven't, why not? Why not? And I'm going to go through about three or four things here that I think are important. Number one, if I haven't discovered him, I need to go on an ego fast. Now, now, Brother George is going to start our yearly fast. The 6th of January, if I'm correct. Okay? So this is a fast that all of us can go on. What we got our... way we live our lives is this way. We worry about me, I, and mine. Okay? Oh, we're saved. 
Now, and we'll tell God that, and it's okay to care about your family. That's not what I'm saying. But everything in life is either me, I, or mine. And if I've got anything left over, I might reach out and touch somebody's life. Well, if Jesus comes and tells me to come and see, He's going to say, Brother Doug, you got to serve somebody else. you got to get your ego out of the way. And that person might not be the person that I want to see, but it's going to be the person that Christ sends to me because... Christ knows I'm the one that can help them. Now I'm going to say something. Get upset with me. That's okay. If I'm a child of God and I don't have a ministry where I reach out and try to help somebody in this life, I haven't seen Jesus the way I ought to. I've been looking the other way because I'm so concerned about what I want in life. And you can't, you can't uh, serve the Lord and not be somebody that serves somebody else. Amen. It don't happen. You say, uh, Brother Doug, that's kind of, let me share something with you. If you've been to the foot of the cross and you looked up and you saw the face of a Savior who came out of heaven's glory and the Bible says that He was God's Son, one of a kind, no, no other son, and He came down to this earth and was born in a shepherd's stable that stuck for you and me who walked this earth to share the gospel with us uh, that we know how to come to Him and, and He died on a cross. If I haven't understood all of that, then I'm in trouble. But if I have... I'll reach out to somebody else and say, I'm going to leave for 24 hours. I'm not going to think about myself. For 24 hours, I'm going to think about Christ. And if I'll do that, you know what He's going to do? He's going to send me to somebody that needs me. That needs me. We have a church fellowship here. Every one of us in this church has a ministry. You say, yes, Brother Doug, I know I, I teach Sunday school. That's fine. Or I do this, or I do this, or I sing on the praise team. That's fine. But every one of us has got the ministry to be a servant to somebody else first. I'll never worship the Lord like I need to. I'll never discover Him when He's asking me to come. I'll never discover what church is about. I'll never discover what God's Word's about. I will, I'll never understand how I can sit in the a, in a presence of a living God and not nothing coming out of my mouth but praising Him out of my heart. If, if I haven't got somebody that I reach out to, that I touch their life, I'll never discover what it means to be a true child of God because that's what Christ done for you and me. Amen. The word ego means they put it up for me? Yeah. Edging God out. The more we think about ourselves the less we think about God. And the reason the world's in the shape it is and the, our country is where it's at all we think about, and I told my Sunday school class this morning, now, right now, I don't want to wait. 
And I'll do anything I can to get what I want right now. Have you edged God out of your life? Do you come to church on worship service on Sunday morning and you, and you say, Oh, I wish I, could, I wish I could get excited like so and so. Well, I'll tell you how to get excited about Listen, I'm going to share something with you. The best feeling you'll ever have is to reach and touch somebody else's heart. And brothers and sisters, you're going to be one of those this next year that somebody's going to reach out and touch you in such a special way. And I wonder how we can take that touch that's given to us and look our Savior in the face and not touch back. Are you squeezing? Is it all about you? The second thing is we need to learn how to praise. In Acts chapter 16 verse 25. Paul and Silas were proclaiming the gospel. They were, they were testifying for the Lord in Philippi. And all they and the people got them and they stripped them. They were attacked by a mob. They were stripped, beaten with rods, thrown into the inner dungeon. Their legs were shackled. Their legs were spread out like this. And they were shackled to a table. And they were laying in there no help in their lives. You mean that'll happen to me if I testify for the Lord? I don't know what's going to happen to you if you, testify, if you don't testify. But I'm going to show you something in a minute that I think is life-changing when we discovered. They were sitting there and they could smell the urine. And we're talking about the dungeon in the bottom of the joint. There ain't no lights in there, folks. Uh, GE didn't have the light bulbs in. They're sitting in the dark. Okay? And their legs are spread out and they're beaten so bad. And, and, and you, know, you know what I'd be doing probably? I'd be saying, God, why in the world did you let me, this happen to me? Because I was testifying for you. And they're sitting there. And they smell the urine and the blood and the sweat and no way to see anything. And what's going on? But oh, come midnight. Something changed. Something wrong. When's the last time you in your life had something going on? <laughs> the God had put you in a position, the only way you could do was look up. Oh, Paul learned something. I told Paul something. Paul, I got something I want you to do. And, when, when, and until you do it, you're going to live. Essentially what he told him. So Paul's sitting there in that prison, and he's not thinking about, oh me, oh my. He starts singing and praying. Now Christian, let me ask you something. When's the last time you had something going on in your life in such a way that you want to lift your prayers and you want to praise the Lord and somebody's thinking in their, in, in, in their mind right now, well, I just don't praise the Lord that way. I'm not telling you to jump up and shout, but I'm telling you to get excited about Christ and discover what He can do in your life. It don't matter if you're sitting in a dungeon of life. It don't matter if the world's turned upside down. It don't matter... It 
about eating all, all those things. Paul understood something. His God was the same God at midnight as He was in the daylight. And we need to discover that. Come on, Baptist, let go of yourself a little bit. I'm a Baptist My life's had to change. I used to sit in a pew beside my wife and she made me go to church. And I'd grab that from that church and they'd sing those songs and I was so miserable. But the day that Christ come into my life, something changed. Something was going on. Too many times we as God's people don't nobody even know we're saved because we ain't got nothing going on. What we going to? What you going to do to heaven when you get to heaven and you ain't learned how to shout, lift your head, and praise the Lord? You say I, that's just not who I am. I'm going to tell something, to, say something to you, Christian. If that ain't who you are, you need to discover who you are because when you get up there, you're going to shout and praise. Midnight is when you're discouraged and depressed. Midnight is when the world collapses on you and there's no way out. Midnight is when you get what you don't want. Midnight is life isn't fair. That's midnight. No sunshine, no light, no encouragement. Keep thinking, laying in the bed, thinking, turning, and t- tossing. If you haven't, if that hadn't happened to you, I got some bad news for you. It's going to happen sometime this next year. And you and I need to get ready for it. What do we know? I know that God loves me so much He sent me His only Son to die for me. I know that I'm a child of the King. I know all of those things. I know God's not going to leave me nor forsake me. I know I'm never out of the presence of God. I need to understand something as a Christian. Life's not fair sometimes. Amen. Things happen. We lose our uh, stability sometimes, spiritual stability. But I need to be able to do something. I need to be able to sit in my bed at night and lift my voice to God and say, God, I simply believe you. I've been sitting, used to sit in my bedroom and listen to the my TV. My wife would tell me, I'm a little hard of hearing if y'all don't know that. And uh, she'd tell me, I, I can turn the sound down on my TV and hear the TV. I don't even, I'm going to save my sound. I don't want to run it out. That's how loud I had it. Okay? That's the way you and I as God's people need to do. Somebody needs to know we're a child of God. Somebody needs to see us stand up for Christ. Even when the bad things in life coming. Because that's where I learned that Christ is going to be with me. If we had all good things, we wouldn't even show up for church. I'm going to say one other thing about that. If you hadn't learned how to praise God. I... You sure won't know how to praise Him at midnight. The third thing, I need to remember who I am. (laughs) Well, I like this. I like this part. 
Jesus told Andrew and the other disciples, come and see. You see, when we come to Christ, we discover who we are. I'm not some hobo trying to jump a train to nowhere. And when we talk Christians sometimes, that's the way they're living their life. I think sometimes they don't even know what God says they have. I was created by God Himself. Okay? I mean, my name, He knew my name before I was going to be born, who my mom and daddy is, what color of hair I have. He even knew when my teeth would fall out. He knows everything about me. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I'm a brother to the Son of God. When Jesus died on that cross, He knew I'd be at that church at Woodbury Baptist Church. He knew that Pastor Greenwood was going to stand and point his finger at me and tell me I need to come to know Him as personal Savior. He knew I'd be sitting beside Linnell and my three kids. He knew all those things. But He went to the cross and died for me. I didn't deserve it. Christ gave it to me. I'm His brother. I get everything that Jesus gets. I got the sweet Holy Spirit living in my life. Amen. You felt him lately? Oh, he don't holler. Ain't it nice? He just speaks real soft. And you can you can you can hear him. And he's just drawing you. I like to hear that. Not only does he guide me. But that's my assurance that I'm saved. When I'm at that midnight hour, when there's no help, when there's tears running down my face, and I think the world's dumped on me and God has forgotten me, I can hear that voice as it speaks to my heart. Christians, that's who we are. We're not the hobo of life. Of life. My home's heaven. The Bible says there is a mansion in heaven. That's the reason I'm satisfied with the two-bedroom apartment. Now, if you have a big house, praise the Lord. That don't do nothing for me. Okay. I got to where I don't like to live out in the country. You may be a country boy. That's fine. It don't work for me anymore. I like it up town where the bright lights are going. <laughs> no, I don't go nowhere at dark. Because I can't see to drive. You think I'm kidding? I ain't kidding. It's got to be emergency. Somebody said, you didn't go see Brother George preach uh, two or three times. They said it to me. I said, I can't drive from Mount Ida. I can't drive from Melbourne. I got to stay home. I'm half blind. I got a cataract in one eye. None of them don't work right. I don't need to be a... The, the lights look that big. I got a halo around it. But I have a home that's heaven. And guess what? I'm going to go there one of these days because my name's written in the book, the only book that'll pass, the, that'll stay to eternity Amen. in the Bible. Amen. 
I'm going to get to eat at the big table. I told my Sunday school class four or five times they get tired of hearing it. When I was growing up, it was different back then. Kids didn't eat first. They either kicked you out and you got leftovers. Or they set up a little table. You know, and you're looking across the room and them boys over at the big table is eating. Okay, they getting a, they getting a, a good... That's the reason I like pound cake and apple pie. There were never none left when I was growing up. <laughs> and I love chicken bags. That's the only thing I had. I'm serious with you. And I sit over at that little table and I say, Boy, when I get to get bigger... It's a move up to the big table. And you know, when you're 13 and 14 years old and you're sitting with a bunch of kids, half of them's bur- burping and the other half is digging their nose, you want to move. <laughs> you want to go where something's going on besides that. <laughs> you're even wishing, I wish one of them uncles had died because I'm next in line. <laughs> but God says, I'm going to make it to the big table. I'm going to sit there with Moses. I'm going to sit there with Paul and Peter. I'm going to sit there with Elijah. I'm going to know them personally. I will get to shake their hand. But I'll tell you the greatest thing I'll see is at the head of the table is a Lamb of God who died for me. I'm somebody special. Listen, Christian, you and I need to start acting like it. It's time for you and I to put on the big bridge, big board bridges. Life's in our prayer sometimes. Amen. How do I make it through? Number one, I get to get it off of me. It's all about me. Will somebody hurt your feelings this, this year, next year in this church? Probably be me. Not meaning to, but I probably will. That's the reason I call everybody baby. Or sister and brothers. Because I don't know everybody's name. I'll probably hurt your feeling this year. God has something for you. I need to let go of my ego. Whatever your name is, get it out. I need to help somebody this next week. I need to reach out and touch their lives. It may just be a word or two. It may be a hug. It may be something. But you see, you're my responsibility. And I'm your responsibility. Now I know somebody's thinking, I ain't taking on Brother George and Brother Doug. (laughs) For my responsibility, that's okay. I belong to you though. The midnight hour is going to come. The devil is going to whoop at your britches. Your world is going to be turned upside down. It's going on now. Our church. Things that uh, people are sick and hurting. I need to learn to praise God. When I praise God, it's not about me. It's about my Savior. And I need to know who I am. 
Don't you let the devil talk you in to thinking that you're a nobody because God's word from Genesis to Revelations is a picture of how much God loves and thinks about you and I. Don't let him play a game. If Tim and him will come. I don't know where you're at this morning. I hope, I hope my prayer is that Jesus told you one day, come and see, and you followed him so you could experience him. You may be in a service and you're lost. I'm not asking you to come to Jesus about me. I'm asking you to come so, about you. You may be in a service, and if you'll stand with us, please. And I want every head bowed. Nobody leaving. Nobody, nobody moving. This is, this is the Holy Spirit's time. The reason me and have invitation at the end of every service is the Holy Spirit gives us His Word and we get our time. This time belongs to Him. And He's speaking to hearts this morning. If you're lost today, you need to come to know Him as your Savior. And you know you should because you hear the Spirit convicting you. And Christian, if you're here this morning and you haven't, Jesus has turned to you and He's motioned His hand to come and see, and you haven't went, you need to go experience Him. Because there's nothing like it in this world. Because it's not of this world. Whatever you're, Whatever's going on, you come to God today. Maybe you just want to come to this altar and talk to Him. Good. He wants to hear from you. As they sing.